Good evening and welcome to the Dissect Podcast. I'm Michael Blevins. I'm here with Mark Twite and a good friend from out of town, Chris Warden. Um, tonight is kind of an open discussion and I wanted to start, first of all, welcome, Chris. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, and I, I, I kind of want to start because this I just noticed this when we were working out in the gym. So we we're just doing a, a little workout. It was not very fun. Um, but we're standing there and I was <clears throat> I was remarking on um, how we met in the first place and then how absolutely fucking different the circumstances are now and um, how we've kind of like watched each other change a little bit and um, <clears throat> to give people kind of a, an insight I met you when I was a cyclist so a skinny a skinny, s- cyclist. skinny so it was at one point I was skinny Mark remember that oh I have I have pictures <laughs> I have photo <laughs> evidence <laughs> Um, Probably of you at your skinniest. (laughs) Well, actually, not true. My skinniest was... Well, I mean, as an adult. No, I was an adult. Okay. Uh, I was living in San Diego. I was on the macrobiotic diet, Mm. and I weighed 172. I was riding my bike to work every day. I was doing insane, like, eating cabbage and hummus for, like, meals. It was a ridiculous state of being. I was worthless, but... Is that a... um, uh, JW thing or uh, kind of, well, so I got the macrobiotic diet from my uncle, who's funny enough. He's like super into CrossFit now, and he's like actually like six, uh, sixty-five age division, and he's like competitive CrossFit. But yeah, he he was a <clears throat> vegan slash macrobiotic slash all this other stuff. So he he I, he lived in San Diego. I gave him, uh, you know, I lived with him when I first moved there, and then he gave me this like weird diet complex where. I was obsessed with health foods and uh, raw foods, raw vegetables, raw fruits, and very little meat, very little protein. Anyway, that was at my very smallest. Uh, and then you would have met me at my second smallest. Yeah. So um, <laughs> for a background, like uh, you're a avid CrossFitter, I would say. Yeah. Well, you've yeah, yeah, been involved sure. with CrossFit for a very long time. Yep. And to give some background, so Mark, no, I've, t- I've talked about <clears throat> you. A lot more than you probably know. That makes me nervous. <laughs> in a good way. And this is this is how the story goes. It, it makes me nervous. People, when they find out that I've been doing CrossFit for like 16 years, they're like, oh, you're still in bad shape, though. <laughs> I, I thought that but that worked. Yeah. So here's the difference. Chris has rode a 622K. Uh, 615. Oh, fuck. When did you row that? I thought last time I heard it was 620. No, it was 2011. Oh. And, this, and, the, and a week after, I rode a 16... 45k holy shit it's the fastest in the world for six months jesus christ okay so that's my only claim to fame so i gotta own it fuck them haters (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so i met you kind of through uh jim jones you'd come through a seminar um i had made some comments that made you angry about crossfit and to your credit i didn't know what the fuck i was talking about so me and aaron went on one of our horrendous bike trips to california where I signed her up for the California State TT. <laughs> oh. It was a 40K yeah. in East Palmdale, um, where wow. she got chased by a pit bull for like six blocks. That's that's what happens in Palmdale. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> either that, it's either a pit bull or the owner, which is just is hyped up on meth and has also probably chains around his neck. I thought neck. that was Lancaster. Ooh. That's a tough, yeah, they're probably very similar. It's all the same. It's all, it's all the same now, <laughs> we, isn't it? We did stop. <laughs> sorry, Lancaster people. Oh, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Lancaster. I'm not no, sorry, already... East Palmdale. You gave us Afro Man, and for that, we're great. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and we had a wonderful time shooting at Edwards Air Force Base and <laughs> staying in Lancaster where... <laughs> oh, is that where you guys were yeah, for Man of Steel? For, for tail into Man of Steel, yeah. We had to find, find a little gym. I actually found a really good gym in Lancaster, actually. Nice. Fair enough. Did a couple of fun bike rides out there too. So we had finished this uh, terrible TT. It was probably one of the worst TTs. Uh, I mean, a 30 mile an hour. I recall windy. Headwind going out. And then somehow the wind shifted. So there was a headwind back too. Like it was fucking miserable. It was either probably like record setting pace because a tailwind each way or the record low. That's like when your parents tell you they walked uphill both, both ways, ways to school. Yeah. That's your story for your kids <laughs> yeah, 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 in the future. Yeah, yeah. And Aaron's story of why she never will mount a bicycle again. Totally. Um, but on that adventure, we're going to head down south, and you happen to be at Costa Mesa at the time at a gym called Costa Mesa CrossFit. Which, CrossFit Costa Mesa, please. Can oh, get it right. Costa Mesa CrossFit. CrossFit Costa Mesa. Is this one of those, like, what? what's the real difference there? Well, I mean, it just rolls off the tongue a lot nicer. Oh, okay. Cross- and the competitor to down, street, down the street is named the opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next door. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, no, those are the other guys. They're down yeah. in Newport for some reason. Um, so we were in the area, and we wanted to get some gym work in. I think you were gracious enough to invite us in. I had a friend that actually still lives down in the area who was interested in getting into shape. She's also responsible for my journey as and she was my boss at Paul Mitchell up in Santa Barbara for oh. quite some time. So that's how I knew her. Um, and I was like, oh, well, you know, Chris is a smart guy. He came to a Jim Jones seminar. So he at least, you know, is above and beyond at least what I know about CrossFit. And you graciously trained um, her and Aaron together after Aaron's horrendous bike ride. And then from that point, we, you know, kept in touch and started talking. The strange part is where I thought I had an idea of what CrossFit was. And I imagined like people were, you know, that we use the example of the car lot guy, like yeah. the blow up car lot yeah, guy. Yeah. Like I imagined every CrossFit competition, just like shenanigans of barbells flying everywhere and people waffle boarding and just being a disaster. Just to be fair, that still happens. Places, oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. But there's also this thing called cat five cyclists. That's a thing. And if you go watch them and you generate an idea of what cycling is like by watching Cat 5 racing, you're not going to have the best impression. You think they're dorks. Um, And that happens in any sport. So I just, I didn't know. And uh, we happened to be in in Costa Mesa, and I believe you mentioned that we should go to the OC Throwdown and watch a competition. And I was like, fuck those guys. What year was this? 2013? Uh, The uh, second to last year. The year... 2012. 2012 yeah yeah so after after mls after mls okay yeah it would have been i think uh yeah that's right because the year before yeah uh the year before we and Aaron had just started dating 2012 we were fairly busy as i recall could have been 2011 no because 2011 we and aaron had just started dating okay and we were fairly busy in 2011 (laughs) so because as soon as we finished man of steel you You were were on to bulgaria yeah you know you were on to cape town i was on to it's february i think it was in january this would happen when is oc throwdown it's january it used to be in january okay Okay. so it could yeah so one of those years and i remember laughing but then i remember that oh tommy hackenbrook is there like i know tommy he's a crossfitter i'll go watch him and make fun of him and (laughs) 
Uh, I don't remember seeing you there, but you, you somehow talked us into going and paying a ridiculous entry fee <laughs> to yeah. go watch people exercise, yeah. which I was mad about at the time. But my my memory, my vivid memory is walking in. I can remember the exact workout because this, this experience changed my whole fitness uh, like life mm -hmm. in, in some sense. I watched Lindsay Valenzuela and Tommy Hackenbrook and a couple of like old school CrossFitters complete this workout that I couldn't even, and they were doing it for time, that I couldn't even finish. Yeah. Let alone, I probably couldn't even start, get past the first round. Probably really heavy, right? Heavy, yeah, 205 <laughs> overhead, 205 front. And now it's like, oh, that's a joke. Yeah. But I remember watching this thinking like, I, I don't even think I could do it at the girls' weights competitively. Yeah. And then I watched them do it for time, and I watched them like Neil Maddox and all these guys move impeccably, under stress, under load, all, and I like it dawned on me. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, and so I made this. I wrote down the workout. <clears throat> it was a combination of, uh, it was like a kind of a weird chipper, but three rounds of uh, shoulder to overhead, and then pistols, and then there was a GHD setup, and then uh, a clean uh, front squat, and then uh, rope climbs and, and a clean and jerk. So it was like this, and it was all a two five. It was all heavy. It was all insanely like orchestrated. And I wrote, I, I remember that workout and I remember I'm not going to have an opinion about what CrossFit is until I can do this workout and do it for time. So a year later when we were on BVS, so it would have been a year when I first, uh, we, I went into Berkey's gym and I did that workout for time. And I, I remember like going as hard as possible and still being like four minutes slower than Lindsay Valenzuela. Yeah. <laughs> and like... Oh shit. Like it took a year to, to be able to even do something that they compete avidly at. And, and so your, your prodding is maybe you don't know it pushed me into a direction that fundamentally changed everything for me. Now I'm a fat CrossFitter. So thank you. <laughs> you fucker. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I, it yeah. takes a lot to, to admit that. And I'm, I mean, I learned a lot from my experiences at Jim Jones and I always, I always came and I always knew the people that I were, was interacting with had a lot to share and a lot of value. And when, you know, sometimes the conversation around CrossFit wasn't the most positive, I always just thought they just haven't seen what I've seen yet. And mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just, you know, sometimes that's just the way it works. And there are a lot of really impressive people in CrossFit and there's a lot of bullshit too and shenanigans, but <laughs> even back then people were doing some pretty amazing I stuff. I believe we were those shenanigans tonight. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to be clear. So uh, what, like, tell us a, what you do, mm -hmm. not interview style, but like, so people can grasp because this is where it gets really interesting. Um, you capture through media and art, um, physicality yep. in a sorts, yeah. like through CrossFit, through different gyms, through traveling, through your, your job. Um, how did that come about? How did you pick up a camera? Man, uh, when I was eight, my grandmother was a really good photographer and she always had a camera in her hand. And <clears throat> for some reason, I just had a fascination with the fact that she was carrying it around. And I, I was like, can you teach me whatever this thing is you're holding on to? Can you teach me it? And she took me under her wing for a couple of days and took me to the park and showed me the basics. And that was pretty much it. And I just became fascinated with it from then on. And I, I can't remember a time in my life after that point, especially in high school, that I didn't have a camera. I'm always the mm. guy that's always had a camera with him. And <laughs> GWC. Yeah, it's sometimes <laughs> annoying. People hate it. Sometimes my <laughs> wife gets pretty upset with me. But, you know, just a fascination with capturing images and telling stories through pictures and that kind of thing. And so when I went to college, my 
my goal was always to work in the motorsports business. I'm mm. an avid motorcycle rider and racer, and I lived in Idaho, and that industry doesn't really exist there. So you're I found, in dirt, though, right? Uh, both. I, I road race and, and oh. motocross and enduro and all sorts of stuff. Whatever I have in the garage. I'll Whatever race. has two wheels and goes fast. And is currently running. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the garage that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't run right now. So, um, but anyway, so. I wanted to work in the motorsports business and, and, uh, I found a way to Southern California through Red Bull, uh, right out of college and, um, just started my career as sort of like a journalist, media mm. photographer guy. And in <clears throat> college, I found CrossFit. I can't remember what year it was. It might've been 2007. I found the website way back in the day and I started doing the most ridiculous version of the website workouts. I mean, it said Tabata squats. And I think I was doing box squats as fast as I could with no weight <laughs> until I failed or something. Like I had the most obscure version of CrossFit ever, but I, I like got into it way back in, in the day. And when I moved to Southern California, uh, I found a gym just down the street from where I lived and we, they were working out in a tiny little garage, two car garage. And that was CrossFit Costa Mesa at the time. Mm. I was a motorcycle journalist and I used CrossFit to train to race bikes. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it sort of took over my life and it became more of a focus than motorcycles. And <clears throat> I got lucky because I got in at a really early, early time and the CrossFit journal was just getting off the ground and it just exploded right at the time that I started working that, in that business. Oh my God, I totally forgot about the CrossFit Fish. journal. <laughs> yeah. All it's of those journals. Cause Rob Wolf had his, yeah. <clears throat> uh, what that was called the, Paleo, wasn't it? Was no performance menu. Perf yeah, performance, performance menu. menu. Yeah, yeah. Performance Everett. Menu, yeah. Was it Everett? Man, I don't I, I want to say it was Greg Everett. Performance yeah. menu was Everett. Yeah, yeah, was yeah Everett. Yeah. Okay. Rob's was something else. Rob, but he would do some stuff for performance yeah. menu. There, there was a t it, that was a weird time, and was, that was about the time that I was mm -hmm. looking on from a distance, but I actually didn't do. Cross I thought it was above it. Obviously, yeah. like I was like, oh, well, that's, I'll look at it because there's some interesting stuff to to be said along those lines. And I found that the only reason I actually searched out CrossFit was because I knew that Mark had something to do with CrossFit yeah. before he did Jim Jones. And I was obsessive with Jim Jones. So yep. it drew me down now. And then I, I found a lot of that stuff. So you shot for CrossFit journal quite a bit. Yeah. It was a really funny story actually in 2000, I think it was 2008 or 2009. I was walking through the airport in Seattle and I had made a comment on a CrossFit Journal story. And uh, I was like, I was asking, like, what song is in the background of this video or something? Mm -hmm. It was some stupid question. And uh, uh, the guy that ran the journal at the time called me for some reason. He just called me out of the blue. <laughs> I think he, he looked at my profile on the journal and it, it said that I was a journalist and that I was a photographer. And they needed help, right? They, they, at huh. that time, it was growing very fast and they needed people that could shoot. And he's like, you want to work for us? And I was like, yeah, I absolutely do. And so... I started working for the journal in 2009 and editing, you know, copy and video and mm -hmm. shooting and writing abstracts. And that was, that changed everything. I mean, I was barely even a real CrossFitter at that point. Like yeah. I'd just gotten started, but I had, a, I had a love for pictures and stories and Tony Budding, I guess I can say his name. He, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not banned here. Should we put his Is name it on, on the board? It's yeah. Not, it's, not, it's not on the band list. Oh. So he, he put Actually. me on the team and. I got in at just the right time because, you know, CrossFit was such a small thing back then. There was yeah. only, you know, maybe a hundred gyms and the CrossFit games were really s tiny still. <laughs> and back when OPT was crushing it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, I just stuck with it and, and the games got bigger and we moved to Carson and just exploded. So it was right time, right place. It wasn't really anything by my doing. 
Interesting. I, yeah. I kind of attribute everything that I've done to right time, right yeah, place. Totally. Although you do the right things in the <clears throat> right place at the right time. Yep. Um, and a lot of people don't understand the difference of that. And I think yeah. that's, it's worth noting, at least. Like, I, I figure I ended up with Mark because I was, I don't know, in the right time of the right place. And yeah. And then it just goes from there. And people, I mean, there's no way you can reenact that stuff. Yeah. Um, which is good and bad in some cases because you feel like you're not in control a yeah. little bit. Like, uh, that's yeah. kind of how I felt to- along this whole ride. Tools of the Titans. Be in the right place at the right time and do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty short book. <clears throat> that's a short book. What's your daily uh, habit? Um, I just show up and then I do what I'm told. Right. That's kind of how I feel. My daily habit, I like to wake up and then uh, I do a little breathing. I like generally breathe um, a little more during the day than I do at night. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a long timeline, if you will. Because I'm asleep, my respiratory rate <laughs> kind of declines. Well, that's I like that's to, my meditation I like, practice is I close my eyes and uh, I shut my curtains. And then about eight hours later, I'll wake yeah. up. I meditate but, on a tempo yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at night. Simple. It's very yeah, simple. Yeah, it's, I, have it, I, I monitor all that with my phone. Oh. <laughs> and it tells me whether I've meditated well. Or not? <laughs> By what? It doesn't tell me how to improve, right? Or, or, or you know, you know, get become less effective at it. I thought it for sure by now I'd levitate, and I haven't done that yet. Yeah. But I do do this thing with coffee, mm-hmm. like I, so I make this coffee, yeah. and then I have this butter. But I take instead of like putting those two together, I drink the coffee, and then I take the butter and I put it in a pan, and then I put other edible things in the pan. And then I have breakfast. You right. blaspheme. <laughs> Just my little secret. Yeah. You know, you make you... butter coffee, but in your belly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I make, I make uh, butter coffee. Yeah. And I, there's usually sausage in there yeah. or some sort of egg. Sure. Whatever. Toast. <laughs> I do like toast. Right. You can add like that toast. into your... I yeah. like toast. <laughs> we'll give you that soundbite later so you can yeah. use it. I might buy that URL. Yeah, you guys are really big on buying URLs around here. We I, are. And I'll tell you I, the practice. Now it's gotten out of hand. Yeah. Because... What? Well, just just wait a year a year I from now. I thought I was just pointing out the obvious. I didn't think I was hurting anybody's feelings. Well, a year from now, the, those are going to renew, and you're going to see a four hundred dollar bill on your credit card, and you're like, "Oh fuck, what no, did no, I do?" No, no. The thing is, they they, uh, they they come incrementally. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's so why it, we have a limit to it, what we can uh, buy each episode. Yeah, we got a twenty dollar budget for URLs each episode, and you know we haven't even tapped into it yet, and we're like eighteen minutes in, so. It's almost sad. I, I like toast. Dot, I love like toast. <laughs> dot me. I like you to toast. Dot me. <laughs> there is. So after uh, you kind of got out of CrossFit. Kind well, of. Well, yeah. You're still peripheral. Yeah. I mean, I. Um, well, so, so at some point, I mean, you were quite involved with. I, I, I can't even remember which, it, which comes first. The CF or the C? Oh, CrossFit Costa Mesa. CrossFit yeah, Costa yeah, Mesa. I was yeah. I was the manager. <laughs> like I don't want to. <laughs> that's okay. Say it badly. I mean, wrong and get <laughs> yeah. admonished again. Just, I don't want to give them the other gym that's down the street. Yeah, totally. yeah I don't, don't give those guys business. Yeah, exactly. They're terrible human beings. <laughs> um, so and, and during that time, I mean, Michael and I, there was one point we were having a conversation and talking about, you know, are there, uh, is there a way? To do what we're doing on a large at Jim Jones, yeah. sort of on a larger scale, with more than five people in the room at the time, <laughs> sure, right? <Yeah. laughs> Which you know turned out to be you know somewhat of a limitation. Not mm. a, and it wasn't space. It was it was sort of okay, yeah, but like 
one pair of eyes sort of trying to oversee people of you know, whether and you know varying levels of ability let's yeah. say yeah yeah um a technical proficiency <clears throat> and and that sort of thing and and one of the uh, examples that michael brought up he said no i've been there and there's you know x number of people in the room there are three highly qualified instructors mm-hmm. and they're all overseeing these people and it and and it and it actually works yeah, and it works complex well. movements people, yeah. complex movements and the people who are in there doing that stuff are capable they're not it's a car lot guy you know yeah, it's not yeah. like flopping around and and that i mean while i was not necessarily interested in trying to <laughs> develop that because our you know the, the everything that the jim jones was founded on was was not that yeah and, and not in the sense of yeah we don't want to be technically proficient because it's more like you get you get more exercise that way when you're you know super inefficient um I don't it, want to it, it isn't that dan john line like <laughs> the best exercise is the one you're worst at or something like that is something yeah, yeah. And, and, and and he's not wrong it's no. just somewhat, so i just try just to be a, bad at all exercises yeah. <laughs> no but it's just a dead end in a sense sure. but but uh but that was one of the things that opened my eyes and i'd always like hmm had that in my head or would poke around a little bit and this try and can be done in a different from, way. Th- yeah, yeah, this can be done in a different way. And and a lot of that was I, I needed to know partially because um I mean at the time when th- when uh that was that that conversation came up, I mean we were uh we did have many many clients that mm-hmm. we were trying to ta- trying to train simultaneously and yeah. to to maintain the quality and and you know actually actually achieve an objective um, it, within a time frame. I mean, it, it it pushed us to and we and this was I mean we were in Bulgaria and it's like a very limited mm. equipment sort of situation because we had to ship everything there from yeah. here, um, and so we got we got super on that particular job we got super creative and yeah. I, and that uh, that number came up because this is like generally where we, I think for the longest time we defended an inability and a lack of skill and a lack of knowledge, on, um, on the back ig- of a ignorance of an yeah. idea that oh no we're protecting people by limiting the classes we're protecting people by not showing them complex things mm. in reality we didn't have the skill to handle multiple people and we yeah. didn't have the the knowledge, skill, and ability to teach complex things because we didn't know how to do them. Sure. Like if in sort of technical proficiency you are one week ahead of your student, you shouldn't be fucking teaching. Sure. Yeah. And you know, there, and there were there were areas, you know, with within the domain, if mm-hmm. you will, where we were. I mean, I would say expert. Yeah. For sure. W- um, and there were other areas that weren't, and you know, we 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 didn't <laughs> ignore it. We, you know, had to, for the sake of ego preservation, we. Right confronted that uh weakness in us in ourselves in a different way yeah in the insecure way well i i would argue that um the idea that uh someone who's just barely more competent than you i mean yes that they couldn't teach you to a masterful level but if i do have some level of experience beyond yours i think that if you build the right um community and the right um ethic around that community you know, the goal at CrossFit Costa Mesa for me was always to try to empower people to take their, is that empower on there? Shit, no, I thought I used no, a, word that, a word that I couldn't use. It's going on there <laughs> yeah, right now. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but to try to um, encourage people to take their fitness into their own lives and or to, in, into their own hands and actually determine 
how to be safe and how to actually execute a workout on their own without having to be uh, overseen by an individual coach mm. full time. And you know, one of the th- one of the reasons why I was so excited to join the CrossFit Journal staff back in the day was because the vision of that thing back then was let's create the biggest online fitness journal in the world and let's make sure that every CrossFitter on the planet has resources to go and learn everything they need to learn. Right. And then they can go and implement that training to, in their, on their own. And so <clears throat> at CrossFit Costa Mesa, we built an onboarding program that looked a lot like a CrossFit level one, same lectures, same movement protocol. And like when you came out of that, you had a very good understanding of a basic human movement. And I think that that played a big role in it. And then, you know, the coaches were, were really good at keeping the class under control and keeping people from killing themselves. I mean, we, we certainly had injuries like every gym has, but I think it was really about um, empowering uh, people to, <laughs> to, 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 to control their lives and to... Um, it's okay for women. Okay for women, but not... A, yeah. No, 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 no. It's, it's okay for to, talk, to, to use the word empower in the context of men, but just not for... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because... Got it. Because it's just overused. Yeah. No, I, oh, I'm yeah. here to help it, you know, empower my. Yeah. No, you're whatever. right. Whatever. No, it's garbage. No, but... I, I'd, like, I'd like to make you <clears throat> autonomous or independent. <laughs> right. Um, empower. Mm. Well, the, I mean, the, 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 the thing about a good gym to me is like it sets people up to not need the coaches, yes. right? It really should be exactly. that way. I, um, and, but which we, is missed just to not to interrupt you. That's missed by 99% of yeah. the people. And th- this is. Don't make them dependent on you. A fundamental difference between the training that well, we do Well, how do you here. keep them as a client then? <laughs> right. Well, you don't. Like, that's the big secret is that... Well, you. I think you do in that, like, <laughs> you know, you, you, build a, you build a group of people in a, in, inside four walls that you want to spend time with and you want to suffer with. And um, that's why they pay you. They don't pay you to teach them how to push their knees out when they squat. Yeah. They... they, they they pay you to build a, a facility that allows them to come and be around people they want to work hard around. Right. And I if think, you have to yell the same cues to somebody yeah. six months down the line, either what you're doing isn't working or your client isn't working. Yeah. Right. So absolutely. One of those two things. And that, that was, I mean, this is a conversation that I had because I, I came into that gym. Like I, it was when I first started getting interested in Olympic weightlifting and I was like, Oh cool. Like, you know, Max is there. I know he's a fairly well accomplished weightlifter. You know, I'd love to get some lessons from him. Although, and you, you had been lifting quite a bit. Um, and I, we were settling up to just do some weightlifting on the side. And I saw like, I don't know, 35 to 40 people coming into class. And I was like, this ought to be good. Oh damn. Yeah. Yeah, And I was just like, this is going to be a fucking shit show. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know, m- not militaristic in the way that it was handled uh, or coached, but it was um, militaristic in the formation and, yeah. and the organization. Oh, Max runs that shit like a football oh, team. Oh, for sure. I love it. It's... And, I, and, I've, and I've coached with him, and yeah. I, that's one of the things that I appreciate yeah. about him the most is his, his ability to put people in line and get them to go. And what, yeah. what I saw was like anything from like a 20-year-old kid – doing push jerks to a, you know, maybe 50, 55 year old female, um, doing push jerks yeah. at a level that would shock most people. Yeah. And that, that's the part that of, of CrossFit, CrossFit that most people don't see because when it's executed well, it's executed very, very well. Yeah. And that's something that's very hard. So when we went back with the idea of like, Hey man, we got to 
coach all these people. I was like, it can be done. Yeah. Like it, it I, I know it's been, maybe I'm not the person who can do it. I'm going to fucking try. Yeah. And that, that, that opened my eyes to a lot of possibilities that were lost on me in yeah. other areas. So that, that was heavily influential just to see your guys's environment outside of our own and be like, man, we don't have all the answers. Sure. Like this is just no offense, but some offense. This is just a fucking CrossFit gym in California. There's like thousands. Nothing of special like, about it. Kenny yeah. Leverage is across the street, and whoever is just down the block. Right. And, you know, the, the, people are just scattered. I think in when I looked in Costa Mesa at some point, there was like 35 CrossFit gyms in the city of Costa Mesa. Yeah. Uh, and that's how many are in the. I think that's how many in the. I don't know now. I haven't looked for a while, but that's how many at one point were in Salt Lake Valley. Yeah. It was just like, you guys, you're the size. That ours is a county. You have that much density. Yeah. And so if you guys can pull this off, facing this much competition, we have no excuses not to be able to handle large volumes of people or handle teaching complex concepts yeah. to general population. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't have a comment. I mean, <clears throat> that it, we were never able to do it. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and nor were we, I mean, our membership capped at, 50. the size of one of your classes yeah. you know like total membership you know and that's distributed across you know seven days a week and yeah. you know not everybody comes all the time and so it was a very sort of short thing i mean the the yeah it, what we were doing was a different thing yeah i can, I, I mean and, I, as nice as it was to run a really big crossfit gym i definitely there were times when i wish i ran a, a really small one that was more boutique and mm. had um you know the people that worked out there and that were part of the community were more like me um in the certain things that i was into but uh you know i i was envious of jim jones for certain reasons and i was really happy with what we built at crossfit costa mesa for certain reasons so it you know not, one is not better than the other per se no they <clears throat> they are different <clears throat> Sorry, um, but that kind of brings me to the, the 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 physical influence that you've had on me. You probably m might not have known about um, whether that's the things that you do. I think I watched you clean like three twenty five one time, and I'm like, what in the fuck? Remember, it was that the time I knocked my tooth out? Yeah, yeah. He almost <laughs> knocked himself out doing it, and I was like, man, that was a lot of weight. And you're like, I knocked myself out. I thought you died. Like yeah. I was like, Chris is dead. Yeah. That bar, like it came down so hard yeah, on yeah. you. It was fucked up. You tried to jerk it. That's well, I tried to jerk it. And I hit. I hit my chin on the way up, and, and it, it knocked him out. Yeah, and, and then it, he like fell, and I thought the bar <clears throat> was gonna hit him in the back of the head. And I did. I was like, it fell on my back. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And did, we're like, didn't did, die though. Did Chris just die? Like, yeah. I think we just watched Chris die. <laughs> like, that, that's why you want to do a lot of posterior chain work. So if you ever drop a barbell on your back, you're, just, <laughs> you're gonna be fine. That was very embarrassing though, because I didn't know you guys very well, oh, right. and. Uh, you know, that uh, but, wasn't cool. But so this is where uh, talk about embarrassment and how these roads come about. Cause this is why I always smile when I think about like, I, cause I forgot all about that, mm -hmm. but there was a time when I departed Jim. Jo well, actually let's back up there. There was a time you invited us for dinner yeah. with you and Erica. Uh, so me and Aaron came over for dinner and it was a real, like, I don't know. We're still trying to find like what this is, <clears throat> like what, you know, like who is this guy? That kind of, we don't know each other that well. Sure. But, it seemed like we had enough in common uh, that it was worth, you know, having a little bit of a friend friendly dinner over. So you invite us over and you made, I still remember it, lamb chops mm -hmm. with mint. Yeah, mint jelly. Got to have it. Impeccable. Yeah. Like, absolutely impeccable. And I'm a foodie. So yeah. I was like, oh, shit, he seared it and he left it medium rare. <laughs> like, that guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. So me and, and then, you know, we started talking and then the subject of a, a Mr. Rob McDonald came up. Oh, yeah. 
And I believe you're one of the first ones to articulate the most accurate information about that guy mm. by saying, that guy's a douchebag. Mm. I think that's what your words were. Don't let me put words in your mouth. I can't remember. That was the sensation that I came away with yeah. going like, man, other people see it too. <laughs> like, well, I don't, it's I, not just me. I had an interesting relationship with Rob. I, I mean, we talked on the phone occasionally and, mm. and uh, he'd check in with me and see how I'm doing. And, and, you know, I just kind of followed what happened online and, kind of like I look at fitness in a certain way and I see, you know, someone who continues to portray, you know, a 500 pound deadlift over and over again <laughs> as being really special. And, you know, it's like, I'm not seeing a lot of evolution here or, um, I'm not, I'm not Maybe seeing a lot of evolution <clears throat> has been banned oh, there too. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I've broken every rule. Yeah, that's all right. Um, that's okay. You haven't said savage yet. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait. I'm going to close this bitch okay. on that. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but you know, of all the things that I really loved about Jim Jones, m most of it was the fact that it was a, a thinking man's gym, in my opinion. And, um, and I didn't get that from him. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm going to run into him, run into him at, at Whole Foods after this or not, but um, he just didn't portray the kind of thing that I thought was special about mm -hmm. Jim Jones. And so it rubbed me the wrong way, you know, and so I just never really got a good feeling from him. Well, I don't think we've ever expressed how, I mean, I had an idea of what I thought about him, but yeah. I, I mean, I expressed it originally when I came in there, the exact same term, like, ah, oh, he's a douche. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of let it go because he, there was some redeemable qualities about the guy. Sure. For sure. Um, he they can were, be very nice if you, I mean, oh, if yeah. you're friends. And, oh, he's very warm. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and if you have just a normal conversation with him without the caricature or yeah. God forbid a fucking camera around, sure. you're dealing with a normal human being with normal insecurities who is generally friendly and interested in who you are. <clears throat> sure. Like that, that's the, yeah. To be honest, that's who he is. Yeah, I would agree. The, the persona that's projected now is just a fucking shit show. Yeah. Um, and if you ever get the, the persona or, or what that is, but what, what that did, not to just derail this to talk about somebody who's irrelevant, but what that did was highlight the importance of honesty. Yeah. And I go, okay, he took a huge chance telling me that. Yeah. You had no idea where I would use that information and sure. what I would do with it. Um, I largely kept it to myself. Um, although to this day, when you talk to Aaron, when somebody's like, oh man, Rob turned out to be like, blah, 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 blah. She would be the first one to be like, oh man, Chris called that shit so long ago. Oh, no way. Oh yeah. She oh. remembers that was the first time she was like, really? That's what you see him as? Because yeah. her exposure wasn't my exposure. Sure. And I tried to keep work in her to completely separate. I yeah. tried not to bitch about anything that was going on. So, so I didn't, so so I wouldn't influence her impression of it. Yeah. Like I tried to protect her from that. Eventually the doors break open and you can't, but yeah. um, that, that highlighted honesty and the fact that um, other people are paying attention. Yeah. Like that this is not just an enclosed environment where we can say whatever the fuck we want and people don't notice. People have paid very good money to come learn from us. Yeah. And when they walk away with an opinion like that, uh, that means we need to make a change. Yeah. Or at least I need to make a change or be aware that I could be that person. Yeah. And I believe in the first seminar that you attended that I was at, um, I was doing similar things. Mm -hmm. Like I, when I look about it, I'm like, oh, I'm that same. I'm yeah. living into that same stereotype. Yep. And so that dinner made me kind of recompose who I wanted to be in front of other people, yeah. which wasn't just an act because I was in a <clears throat> building that other people thought was special. Yeah. Um, what was special about Jim Jones, uh, you know, I, every time I attended a seminar, I, as you know, you, you've been to CrossFit Costa Mesa. I didn't see good movement and I okay. didn't see 
anything special in the in the you know the efficacy of the the, the training per se but again it was most it was a thinking man's mm-hmm. space and when i got the feeling like i wasn't around thinking people mm-hmm. uh and it just rubbed me the wrong way and i'm like i've invested a lot of time mm-hmm. not a, not even just coming to salt lake city but like reading every fucking article that there is on the site yeah. and you know, I wish I still had access to that, by the way. Um, we can get you that. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, when, when you've invested time in something like that and you believe in something for the words that have been written Reading and spoken. every article written on the site um, by prior the, by the guy that was the one actually thinking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. But, I'm sorry. Right. So, I, and I can excuse some of this stuff, and I've said it before, and this will be kind of a repeat, <clears throat> is that um, it was... Jim Jones to me was wherever we set it up. Yeah. Right. So whatever Jim Mark set up and he was the thinking man to me and therefore it became a thinking collaboration of like every, every workout was an, like we would reduce it, talk about what we could do better. We would talk about what went wrong. Like, ah, like we, we, and okay, we're talking about exercising. Yeah. But the thought process and the amount of detail and the amount of pressure that was put on us to improve at every single little, that's why I think that, that we put on ourselves, yeah. Yeah. essentially. And, and then would, yeah. you know, he would um, elaborate on a sermon um, or, or elaborate on a tweet or whatever. And these ideas, they were still powerful little nuggets that allowed me to continue to think that it was a thinking man's gym. I think yeah. that's a, a, an excellent tagline for why that place was different because I would agree with you. And the funny thing is there, and one of the reasons that mm-hmm. it took, I mean, I would fully admit that uh, it took me a long time to see, you know, the douchebaggery until like, yeah. until, until the confrontation started happening that, that were um, at a point when that fight was not winnable yeah. for, mm-hmm. for me any longer. But I thought everything was going okay because exactly that, wherever Michael and I went, wherever we set up a gym, wherever, and Jamie was there or Nelly was there when we were on Java in Bulgaria, and all of these, the, 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 the thinking and the communicating and the analysis and the creativity that was that existed still in that spot. Yeah. And I just assumed that the same thing was going on back in, at, you know, yeah. in, in the organization because it's what I was living and what we were all living all at, at, at that time. Yeah. And, and then every now and, you know, a job <clears throat> would end, we'd go home and we'd try to share some of the progress that we had made or some of the things that we had been thinking about, some of the theses that I had, you know, even written about on the site, but apparently aren't taken to heart, yeah. you know, without like direct influence. And we'd go, it'd go back and it'd be disappointing for a variety of reasons. And then another job would come up that would take me away and yeah. be like, wow, I'd much rather be out there in the fucking trenches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feels you know, so much do, better than the doing our thing. Yeah, yeah it, it, you know, away a without the bullshit influence in order to keep what the sort of I got to use a band word mm. the evolution that had <laughs> been happening for a number of years to keep it going. Yeah. and you know uh, that eventually became untenable. But um, but th- that's a uh, the thinking man's gym and the fact that you know it was wherever. Um, yeah, wherever the thinking where, was happening yeah, was where the, the gym was, was where the gym was yeah right oh, which is kind of a funny way to put it because because that is the I think the heart of that place was the amount of 
conscious thought that went into things. And and I would agree with you on the point, like there's no special movements going on there. There's no like no. freaks of, I mean, there, there are in their give. What I noticed was no, there was all no of the freaks of nature that were there were freaks of nature in a sport outside it, of the gym. Exactly. Yeah. And so you never saw <clears throat> the movement patterns that were impressive because they spent their time developing movement patterns that are impressive in other ways. And that's yeah. what I wanted to highlight. Like that a, it might've been partial of an excuse until I go watch the other day, James Gardner, rolling uh, in jiu-jitsu and i just go who gives a fuck if that guy can snatch or clean or totally do gym trickery because how he moves in his interest is just the most insane thing i've ever seen there there is nothing with the barbell that has happened that can equal that because it's it's not you know it's not just one plane it's not just one physiological thing it's like he is thinking and deducing and taking actions and moving and moving beautifully and moving perfectly under stress and not pre-planned yeah right like i look at approaching a barbell as the dumbest fucking act you can do yeah it might be a complex movement yeah you might have to like timing is a thing and you got to be on you got to be strong on the day and the highest numbers are still really impressive but the fact that the bar is waiting for you to implement violence on it as opposed to somebody who's trying to implement violence on you that's where i think you see beautiful movement come yeah. out or at least at the highest level i look like a fucking asshole doing yeah. it. Or, or even like we had discussed um jeremy jones bef- mm-hmm. uh, before and uh and jeremy uh jibber jeremy uh, used to train in the gym and in the gym i mean he, obviously he's a very physically gifted guy you see him on a skateboard or snowboard you realize he knows his way around the human body um and, and so he wasn't uh a, a, a and he could still express that in the gym, but then when you see that guy on a snowboard or on a skateboard, you realize like, oh, that's what the guy's here for. This yeah. is a, this is a very high level of complex movement. That's for, what you've been um, doing all this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God damn, do you practice in secret? Yeah. Um, it, whereas in the gym, it's like, oh, we're just doing this basic conditioning and injury proofing kind of stuff and not trying to develop. Like, why would you develop complex movements in the gym for a guy who does the most complex shit that you can imagine, <laughs> you know, with a snowboard off the side of a fucking building? Yeah. And why put him at risk? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, in listening and, to. And, and the big thing that actually came up with him and Seth was the day that I that was the, like my big revelation with those two guys was like, wow, their imbalances allow them to do their sport sure yeah develop from doing the sport but it's but there's a reason for that and why would i try to wow do you realize that when you do a knee jump that you lead with your left leg yeah always the right leg's trailing kind of like you were on a skateboard or a snowboard (laughs) yeah and and i would look at that if i was an egotistical stupid fucking Mm -hmm. trainer and like oh my god i need to fix that you have a horrible imbalance and you've got this neurological disconnect be like, no, that would be an idiotic yeah. bullshit thing to do, which would happen in some places if the outside sport was not respected sure. or understood. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and those guys gave me, I mean, just, and I remember the exact instant that that like revelation happened in the gym and I thought, okay, this is, this is one of the reasons this place exists, at yeah. least for me is to teach me, you know, these lessons and that lesson is you know hands on hands off hands on hands off which which just that print like i have to stop and remark on that premise of like this place doesn't exist so that i can like make cool athletes or i can make people better or yeah. i can be responsible for this thing or it's not so i can make this money or make this lifestyle it was literally like so i can learn lessons better and i, I without <clears throat> without him 
ever saying that before, that is the feeling that I got the first time I was ever around Mark was the fact like he's not here for like normal reasons to me. Yeah. Uh, like uh, he doesn't stand in the room doing barking orders. To, uh, like he's thinking the entire time. He's and yeah. judging. <clears throat> and judging. judging. Uh, and judging. And 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 every once in a while you'll get a, a fucking uh, you got coached, but yeah. you didn't think so. He just made like a passive aggressive. He's the passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Coach dot <coughs> com is a URL that I own. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> because most people are the aggressive. I'll say we aggressive own. Coach. It's a collective, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, it is oh, funny. I ever made it in, at Jim Jones for more than a ten ten minutes because I'm so like somebody makes a passive aggressive comment about my fitness and I'm just like oh god and I just walk out the door <laughs> and the, and it didn't take you more than twenty five minutes to take a cheap shot and I was like okay. Hey, this is a rough place to be, and, and I'm glad I stuck it out. This is a hot furnace, yeah, and I'm I, on fire. I, I was just uh, cheap shot, dude. That was highly accurate fire. No, it was. I mean, it's it's absolutely what I needed and what I still need. I remember we, it was um, we were doing some sort of thing, some rope pulls and some sled drags or something like that, and then we were doing like a max dead hang on the pull up bar. And, oh. I might have, I might have made it 15 seconds. I remember and, that workout. Yeah. That was a, and Mark just looked at me. He's like, "Is that all you got?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it just shot me right in the heart." I was <sighs> just like, "I, I see." I was just doing disappointed dad. Yeah. Super effective coaching <laughs> coaching technique. <laughs> Far- Dis- <laughs> Disappointeddad.com. That's a good one. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> that that reminds me of I had this business idea a long time ago called. Angry step we're, we're not drywall. We're not, we're not live right now. I don't need to race to buy no. this domain, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, good. <laughs> we haven't set up the cameras yet. It You're got right. real weird in here. I mean, yeah. the one time we set up a camera, the fucking door locks and we can't get out. Oh, really? And we didn't even get full coverage of us ki- of yeah. kicking down the fucking door. We got so. a couple kicks. That yeah. was good. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, this, this lends me... Uh, I didn't want to stay too long on that subject because I think that's a fucking black hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did want to... So um, although we kept in contact, kind of the the next, um, I would say, exposure where we really uh, had a, a, a conversation that was meaningful enough that I would remember was when I left Jim Jones. Yeah, and I believe you're. I believe you were leaving Costa Mesa that day mm. to move to Texas. Yeah, I, I <clears throat> when I was freelancing, I my wife became a flight attendant, and we decided to just kind of dirtbag it for Wait, Texas United. What's that? No, she she flew for JetBlue. Okay, but uh, I had a I had a friend who has a ranch outside You're of Austin, like Dallas. Oh, <clears throat> so yeah, so I pushed off and lived out of my car for nice. about a year. I, I lived on a ranch and then I lived in a cabin and all sorts of places. But yeah, I was moving out of the Orange County bubble for a time, which was a very good thing to do. Was it? How was living? Like when you say living out of your car, you were sometimes <laughs> sleeping out of your car. Yeah, yeah, I would do. I would sleep in my car quite a bit. I I would. Um, I mean, please tell me it was a totally beautifully appointed sprinter van or something. <laughs> no, no, it was a Tundra, uh, but it had a, it had a canopy, so okay. I slept in the back quite a bit. Okay, so um, it was a truck. Yeah. Because car, you know, I yeah, think, sorry, that was you the know, word. like Corolla. Yeah. I'm I mean, sleeping in my front yeah, seat of my I mean, Corolla. Prius. I had a, <laughs> yeah, this, this was very, this was pretty high end. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I had a couple of S-Works hanging off the back of the truck. It wasn't, uh, yeah. I wasn't yeah. in bad shape by any sense of the term, but... Um, what, what, what drove this, like, because this, I mean, I was all caught up in my drama at the yeah. time so we didn't get into it but I, I did remark on like wow he's just like fuck going for it well i mean i've always kind of had a little bit of a case of wanderlust but mm-hmm. um i guess it, it just things lined up perfectly and i was freelancing and my wife didn't really need to have a home base anywhere and so you know it, it was really random but um my 
kind of my childhood hero, uh, motorcycle racer. I had kind of briefly become friends with him at that time. And I made a joke at a uh, road the, racer or uh, motocross. Mo- supercross okay. is uh, okay. Andrew short. Okay. Um, very successful. One of the most successful motocross supercross guys in history. And I made a joke at, at the Atlanta supercross. I was like, yeah, I think I'm, my wife and I are going to get out on the road for a year or so. And, and I, and I was like, Andrew, I'm going to probably come live at your house. And he, we kind of laughed it off. And then a couple days later, Seiji Ishii, do you know Seiji mountain climber? Uh, he knows you. Um, he's, he's, he's tight with Ben Staley. I don't know. The photographer. He's a sage. Seiji Ishii. Ishii. Yeah. He's a, um, he's a Japanese cowboy (laughs) from Austin. Okay. Uh, good, good climber, a good alpinist. And, uh, anyway, he's his trainer. He's Andrew's trainer. And he sent me a text one day and he's like, yeah, Andrew's Andrew, Andrew, uh, got a house for you. If you want to come out to Texas, he's got a house. And I'm like, a whole house for me to live in? And so I just drove straight to Texas and I lived on a ranch for like six months. Nice. It was amazing. But I mean, like I, I may not have done that had the opportunity not arose. Right. Like the chance to live at one of my hero's houses sure. and ride dirt bikes with him and drive around on his ranch. I had to take that. Oh, yeah. It was so good. That sounds God. Awesome, actually. I, every day I would mow his yard for about three hours at like a riding lawnmower and yeah. I just meditate on that thing for three hours. It was amazing. Nice. Really so that's experience. your morning ritual for success. Yeah. Meditation gotta, on the What lawnmower. was the brand name of the lawnmower? I got to write that down for my book, man. I don't know. <laughs> John Deere something. Yeah. John but it was one of, it was one of those ones that had a, a control in each hand and you could oh, swivel, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like tank was, drive. Yeah. It was okay. amazing. Fuck. And I, uh, I, I got really into Dan uh, Carlin's hardcore history yeah. at that time. And uh, the first one that I did was uh, the uh, Armageddon okay. was World War One. Okay, yeah. It was a real time investment, 30 hours or so. It yeah. took me two weeks. And I just like for three hours every morning, just riding the lawnmower, listening to Blueprint for, Mar- for Armageddon. It was so great. That is one of – uh, that's one of the saddest things I've, I've seen is that – uh, now that's behind a paywall, which it probably needs to be. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Wrath of the Cons was probably one of the best things I've ever listened to. Incredible. Yeah. That guy's amazing. Yeah. What What the fuck? Like, I, I, have you have you listened to this, Mark, the Hardcore History? I have not listened to that episode. Oh, okay. I started listening to fuck. one of them and I just realized, oh, this is like an 11 part <laughs> oh, something. Yeah. They're like, an investment like, for sure. Wow. Yeah, four and a half to five hour episodes for Wrath of Cons. I think there's five yeah. of them. Yeah. The idea though that like as a hobby or as a whatever, he just was compelled to do a bunch of research and then put together a not only comprehensive but well thought out, arguable yeah. like compelling premise for a historical um like era where yeah. with, you can't get that out of a book. It's it's the most insane thing yeah. I've, I've probably ever seen. So speaking of investments. <laughs> you just bought it once. Oh, I nice. just bought disappointeddad.com. <laughs> That's awesome. That was available? Yeah, it was available. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, every every variation of disappointed dad. You want IO, you want org, you <laughs> Dis- want whatever. Disappointeddad.me. <laughs> um, this will link up with passive aggressive coaching. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same thing, really. Same Dude. Interchangeable. I think I'll just steer him to the same page. Right. Just one giant landing page. If you just like this, just crossing your arms and just shaking your head, it's a GIF. Oh, no. I have a, we have a much better GIF yeah. that will be... Um, it'll be used soon. It'll Good. be used soon, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, your but I appreciate was, that. I like, I like the suggestion. That's a good idea, yeah. Your, your question was, like, why push out from Orange County and the whole thing? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, like, it, it definitely program. felt like a good idea to to turn over the gym to, to some new people and Max and Jillian were already coaches there and head coaches and they were doing a great job. And 
um, it just felt like, you know, time to kind of pass the torch yeah. and, uh, really enjoyed my time as a manager of a CrossFit gym. And I still think about it a lot and wish I was still doing it, but mm-hmm. those things have to evolve and, you know, g- certain gyms have to evolve some, well, damn it. I did it again. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just like yeah. double used the band word <laughs> <laughs> without <laughs> even like, didn't even like, even like even the slightest yeah. gesture of air. Yeah. If you want to be savage, you got to evolve. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if you want to empower people and help them pivot their lives. Yeah. We, we try to, we always try to blow that list all in one. Yeah. Sentence, good. One it, rambly sentence. It, exactly. One optimized, <laughs> <laughs> one optimized savage sentence at a time. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so we had this run in where I explained kind of the, the walkout and I noticed you were, you were kind of going down this road and, and then what, what's weird about this, like that first conversation that we had at dinner built some kind of weird honesty thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would consider us, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and be vulnerable here, Chris. Yeah. I consider us good friends, even oh, yeah. though we don't see each other that much. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I like your Instagram posts a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like your stuff too. That <laughs> makes us friends, right? Yeah. This is. I, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go shoot myself now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I, I can't decide though. Nine mil or three eighty. What's gonna leave the least mess? And where should I do it? Maybe the street. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got these sound blankets that you could put right. up. This the is the definition about positive. of friend. This is the po- this is as positive as I get. That there was um, another instance in which you left Facebook, which you also influenced me. Yeah. Which, speaking of friends and not living up to the definition of how Chris interacted on Facebook, I was mesmerizing. Like, he did what I thought Facebook was supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to talk about something and illuminate a topic worth commenting on, and then you go back and forth in a, a <coughs> civil manner on a discussion that you don't have... I don't, you have an opinion, but you don't throw it in people's faces. Yeah. And I watched him. He would go back and forth, and every once in a while would do my thing where I fucking make everybody hate me yeah. by commenting. Yeah. Internet warrior. Yeah. yeah. Internetwarrior.com. <laughs> is that? Is that? Surely taken. <laughs> yeah. Every variant of that shit. Yeah, fuck. Savage <laughs> internet warrior. There, you go. there we go. So, uh, and then he left Facebook, and it was wait, kind wait, of Wait, 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 wait. I got it. Vulnerable. Internet warrior, <laughs> <laughs> insecure internet warrior. Uh, for sure, that's uh, like I should just buy that, and I know exactly wh- whose website I would steer it to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a grit and teeth yeah. subsidiary. Yeah. Uh, so he he essentially like one day out of the blue posted this thing like, "Hey, it's not working, guys. I'm out." And I was like, "Well, what the fuck? Like, if yeah. that guy, if it's why the hell am I here? Like, honestly, like." Yeah. I'm not doing this correctly, obviously, and you were, and you weren't getting anything out of it. Let's just fucking wrap this thing out and get out. So you were also one of the reasons why I left. You just gave me the idea, not like I was trying to copy, although now I'm thinking about what kind of motorcycle I'm going to buy. Yeah, there you go. I'm also looking at a John Deere mower that's on my list. Butter coffee, you (laughs) don't do that, so I can cross that out. Yeah, but bone broth? Bone broth. But you already do it, so. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Okay. Um, Wait, but you'd go beef or chicken? Oh, I, I beef, go chicken beef, beef, if what? I have well because they make this lemon lemongrass oh, chicken oh. bone broth. It's so fucking That's good. Next level, dude. I'm 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 working on my own brand of, uh, <laughs> of fish bone broth. We we have some taste problems at the moment that we're trying to work out. <laughs> 
retarded. I was just like, you have some filtering problems too? Like, yeah, some people have choked and died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have extremely fine filters. Yeah. But, but, but the bones that do get through actually do provide you with uh, greater concentration of the most powerful nutrients known uh, to come from the ocean. If, if, they, if they make it past your throat, you're going to feel great. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't well i'm gonna feel great we also say sell this safety help me button that yeah. a, you put around your neck for senior citizens but yeah. we just sell it with the the fishbone broth no no we g- we'd give it to you it's complimentary uh, actually <laughs> they talk um, about gun- and, and six months subscription <laughs> to uh <clears throat> yeah an ambulance uh type service within your local area Talk about gut so permeability. Just, yeah. it, uh, it cuts the shit out of oh, yeah. your guts. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying. I'm just looking for like a big intestinal wire brush yeah, myself. Absolutely. You know, it's just trying to clear the area <laughs> yeah. is all. So sometimes we punch, we punch through. Sure. <laughs> Some leaky gut that gives le- leaky gut fishbone broth. It, it, dot com. I'm there. <laughs> I think that's. Wait, I think that's the name. I think you see we've it's been trying to come up business. with a name. Yeah, leaky cut bone broth. Leaky cut bone broth. Jesus Christ! So because Doctor Leaky um, <laughs> was an anthropologist of some of some renown, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Doctor Leaky, he he hated fish though. That's yeah, that's gonna more, sort of a primate thing, right? Yeah. If I recall. When's <laughs> yeah, somebody gonna start making bone broth out of dinosaur bones? Is that a possibility? Oh, dude, that would be some expensive shit. That's next shit. level that's shit, like, that, that is top shelf dude, right some there. Leonardo Di- that's some Leonardo DiCaprio, like, I'm going to impress this chick kind of yeah. money. Like, you want like, some dinosaur bone broth? <clears throat> dude, no, I only mentioned I want him because... fucking crystal is what I want. Yeah, <laughs> stink, get your stinky broth it, out it of was, here. It was, uh, it was between, I think, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio and I want to say Johnny Depp that were... And... Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage were trying to bid on a fucking T-Rex skull for their living room. Oh, no shit. And I was like, ah, oh, that's just like that. I don't want money to have money. Like, fuck Bentleys and all this bullshit and parties. T-Rex skull for sure. I just want to bid on one. I want to be like, yeah, fucking we're doing this. Yeah. And not even think about it. It's just like that. that's what money is for. Yeah. I want a T-Rex skull on a Bentley. <laughs> Giant hood ornament, the biggest yeah. hood ornament ever. <laughs> anyway, it turned oh. out to be stolen, and they all got in a bunch of trouble. But oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, can, I think Johnny Depp won. Mm-hmm. I, I just T Rex hood ornament. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you decided what was it about social media? Because we had this conversation a couple episodes ago. Yeah. But this this highlight. I didn't bring this up during the episode. Yeah. So I'm glad you're here because what was it about it specifically that just fucking killed it for you? Well, I think for me, you know, when I was running the gym. I was most happy in that environment because I had a community of people that I, you know, interface with. Can, mm. Is interface up there? No, uh, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I got to see on a consistent basis and have interesting conversations with. And um, that that made me very happy. And then when I stopped doing that, <clears throat> I lost that community and I thought, there's a digital community here. <clears throat> I'm trying to repl- replicate this experience on yeah yeah I mean in, in zeros and ones potentially yeah, yeah exactly for me you know being a I I was jokingly call myself a public thinker because I like the idea of putting an idea out there and seeing how the the marketplace of ideas chops it up and comes up with interesting thoughts and the 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 issue is that social media produces no interesting thoughts and the people that contribute to it spend no time thinking about their <laughs> their words at all and oh no because if you take time to think 
Yeah. The instant, the insta is gone. Yeah, totally. Like, so you just need to blast shit in order to be present rather than thinking about it. Because if you like, spend some time thinking about it and crafting a response of some kind, you know, yeah. people are already onto the, you know, what pair of shoes to buy. Yep. Yeah. And the important part there is that I, I really started using Facebook a lot more when, when we moved to Charlotte and I, and when I moved to Charlotte, I was, my wife was flying a lot and I had a you know great job and I was having fun. I had a decent gym there, but like, I didn't have that community of people that mm-hmm. I interface with on a consistent basis. And for one reason or another, Facebook sort of, I thought maybe was going to fill that void. Not I didn't think that consciously, but like maybe it just sort of stepped in. Mm-hmm. And then one day I just, I was just like, this is not making me any better. I'm not enjoying this. Nobody here is reciprocating any level of intelligent thought that I would hope they would. So I just pushed away and said, fuck it. It's not useful. And so your you, life must be so poor for that. <laughs> well, so speaking <laughs> of uh, Charlotte, you were there on a certain event and you grabbed your camera and were able to capture this yeah. event. Yeah, there was a riot happening just down the street from my house. Like a mile or something. From uh, it was maybe a quarter of a mile. I could hear it out my window. And uh, the day before, there was a police shooting and um, there was, it was just right time. The The tenor of the city was mm-hmm. at the, you know, kind of fever pitch and that, that shooting happened and, you know, 20, 30,000 people took to the streets and it got pretty hectic. And I had a, I had the worst camera setup possible, but <laughs> I had like my pro body with like a old, uh, medium format lens attached to it and like all these weird things. So it wasn't the greatest shooting settings, but I just, I ran over there and I started looking around and it was super chaotic and it was very, uh, it was very uncomfortable. And I don't, you know, when I was in college, I thought I wanted to be a conflict journalist. Yeah. And having had that experience, I'm like, oh, I was not, I'm not fit for that. <laughs> That's not for me. <laughs> no, it would not have been Jesus a good idea. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I, wow. <laughs> yeah. I got in the middle of it. And actually a funny thing happened. I, one of the photos that I published uh, from that was uh, three younger kids that cornered me um, in a building and they were interrogating me because they thought that I was like a news reporter for some outlet that, you know, was going to impact their lives negatively somehow. Cause I had a couple of really great shots of them and I lied to them. And I said, I was like, a I can't remember what I said. I was like a multicultural diversity reporter for the AP or something stupid like that. Something that would like resonate with them. They're like, fuck yeah, stick with us. And so I like, I followed them. <laughs> and the next thing I know, uh, I take a photo of them and I'm like, do you guys want this shot? And so I text it to the kid mm. and the kid's like, cool, we'll let you know tomorrow where we're going to go. And then I'm like, oh shit, I gave my phone number. So the next day he's like, we're going to ride out in front of the police office. Meet us there. And they're there and they're throwing bricks and they're texting me. They're like, where the fuck are you? It got, <laughs> yeah, it got pretty gnarly. So I blocked, blocked the number and didn't respond, but I thought they were going to kill me. Like when I took that photo of those kids, they cornered me in a yeah. building or like against a building. And I just totally made up a lie. And they're like, okay, cool. You're with us. And then they let me go. <laughs> it's super fun. It was, fun. Really, it was I, I, did, wow. I didn't even know what it was to intense. say. How you described it was, I, you ended up on the news, right? Like yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, some segment I remember watching about your experience. It was here. The news was here. Yeah, that yeah, was what was yeah, weird yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. That is fucking bizarre as yeah. it can be. 
But uh, yeah, seeing this like news from Charlotte, which is on yeah. the opposite side of the earth, <laughs> couldn't be further away. Here, could not be further yeah. away from here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus, I, it 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 goes to point like a fuck. I'm just afraid. Like I see people shooting normal, you know, like street photography stuff, mm-hmm. and I just think like, man, that's such an inf- you know sort of infringement in a way or yeah. whatever that I just would never do it. I mean, I'd, I'd go take pictures of people blowing shit up but yeah um yeah but but, seems... but but without thinking of that consequence which which i imagine you didn't have in your head like oh man yeah. i could you know accidentally take a picture of the wrong people who yeah. didn't want to get photographed and this could end badly like you don't yeah. think about that shit when you throw yourself in the situation in that, yeah. in that moment I, I can't imagine like i i understand why you grabbed your camera because in my head i go oh this would be useful to elaborate on an idea like i usually think about photography as it mixes or blends with words a catalyst yeah for- yeah it's like this this uh elaborates an idea that i'm not good enough to just speak about or sure. uh write about um but then you how I thought about it I was like, oh wow, like I rarely take a picture thinking like this is going to be important. Yeah. I take a picture and I'm like, eh, it's like a, I can change the light. I could, it needs to be edited yeah. or, or whatever. Um, and, and that, I think reading your story, I was like, God damn, I don't take a picture of anything important. <laughs> People lifting weights is yeah. fucking not important. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciated the, the, the fact that you took that opportunity because that is an opportunity. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, it's I, easy to stay in your house. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know, when you talk to Justin and he went down to ground zero within hours of it happening, well, or yeah. Vance, who was there for yeah. a week afterwards, you know, assisting the other photographer, walking around in that area, and you're just like, Breaking Holy. into buildings, yeah. like, you yeah. know, like, oh, this is about to crumble, or yeah. this is a bad spot, and then just like, well, it's a good angle to shoot from. Yeah. Well, I look at shooting shooting stuff in the gym and shooting photos of my dog and all that, like, that's just practice, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's yeah. practice for when yeah. it matters. Right. And and that's been my kind of go-to ethic for the past three or four years. And I've shot 10 to 100 plus shots every day for the last three years just for practice. And it's wow. been really useful. I mean, some days I'd shoot 10,000 because I'd cover sure. an event. But, you know, I'd shoot at least at 10 least. shots a day. And um, most of them go nowhere, right? Sure. Sometimes I go on my little dumb Instagram story. But... It's a, it's a means of practicing that mental discipline and thinking about settings and thinking about compo- composition and just being aware, you know, being aware of your surroundings and, and like <clears throat> being capable to think when things get bad to pull a camera out as opposed to run or, you know, do something else. Cause it, I, I give up. I just, I and, quit. Yeah. It, it, uh, but well, <laughs> but it, that just reminded me of like, we did have this conversation once mm-hmm. before on, in the, in the studio about like, Oh, well, because I was the guy who would, you know, shit would be going bad in the mountains and you pull the camera out. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, this is like smile and we're going to, yeah. <laughs> or don't, you know, or, you know, please die, yeah. you know, or please, <laughs> but slowly. So <laughs> slowly because it, I can't get the setting. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Just a, manual you know, focus like, is a motherfucker <laughs> at these yeah, times. I'm telling you, but, but that's it really is. I mean, to have, to have a camera to document like the important events. Yeah. Um, but to maybe have practiced on the trivial events or the unimportant events or seemingly unimportant, which yeah. actually maybe is not true at all. But. Yeah, sometimes they turn out to really be impactful. Yeah, my um, I, I did a lot of that when I ran CrossFit Costa Mesa, and I, I had a it was great because I had the opportunity to go out and shoot people all day. Mm-hmm. I, I worked at the gym, I had an office there, and so every time there was a class, I just walk out and take pictures and uh-huh. hang out and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I learned about photography at that time was that your access that the quality of our work a lot of the times has to 
has a lot to do with your relationship with the people and your access to them. You're, yeah, you, the the ability to, um, I, I mean, and, and I marvel. <clears throat> We've seen Clay Enos work on any number of movie jobs, and I've and it's like, oh yeah, the behind the scenes stuff that where like he's shooting the shooting happening. Yeah. Um, you know that's that's in you know it, it's interesting, but it's not nearly when I would watch him shoot portraits. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, how do you do that? Yeah. How do you without like i didn't see you talk to this person like how did that relationship develop that gave you that that um and not not necessarily gave you access but allowed you to be there when they unmasked themselves yeah and i think this is sort of exactly what you're talking about is like oh man they'll be me they'll be themselves in front of me if i am you know honest or without intent or something yeah but i don't know what that is so. <clears throat> well and that's a that's a um great way to look at coaching too right and so when you're when you're working with another person you're trying to give them the opportunity to kind of remove the veil and show you who they really are and be vulnerable i guess we're using that word on this mm-hmm. podcast but to really show you who they are and and to expose themselves so that you can actually help them be better and photography kind of works in a similar way like i have a couple photos that always come to mind of people that worked out in my gym that were really not good athletes at all. And they were maybe, they may have been overweight or they may have been, you know, in decent shape, but they were moms first and they were living a normal life. And I have a couple great shots of them that were just, uh, some of my favorites because they gave me access to who they were at that mm-hmm. moment. And they didn't look good. They looked terrible and they were sweating and having a terrible time, but like they love that photograph because it shows who they really are. And I only got that access because we had that relationship. Yeah, um, this is kind of, I mean, this hits on how I um, honed or at least started developing photography. It was kind of by accident, but it had it was a lot of studio work mm-hmm. and a lot of premeditated ideas, <laughs> um, which allowed me to alter things in a camera. But the thing that I didn't um, foresee coming is that relationship that you're talking about. Yep. Like I imagine like, no, the lighting in my camera has to be good. And okay, now I have these pro photo <laughs> lamps and you know, the, or the strobes and I've got this backdrop set up and I've got this amazing studio and then they come in and it's the most uncomfortable situation ever. And I had to bridge that gap quickly. Yeah. And usually, so I noticed this working with um, a, a photographer named Beth Bolt. I had, uh, she shot for Cosmo and a couple, she's a fairly well accomplished photographer. And uh, I've watched, uh, she was, I was doing hair and makeup for her. And she used my opportunity. She leached off of my my interaction with the person. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm actually closer to the subject than she is. Yeah. And she knows that. Therefore, she's trying to bridge the gap. So yeah. I took advantage to pick her brain about photography. She didn't know that I was a photographer because she probably would have fired me. Yeah. Um, and, and also started to respect that whole like, okay, so if I do the hair and makeup for this person and then bring them into the studio, that relationship. Now I have nothing to worry about. Yeah. And so it became kind of like the habit of just like, we'll do it all. Like it, now there's a bad habit. Cause we still have this fucking ethos. We're like, do it ourselves. Yeah. Damn it. And some of that has to do with the connection to the, the work that you're doing. And yeah. I think you, in, in your reaction to the gym, I, I noticed the same thing here. Like there's no way I can cold shoot a gym and get the same reaction out of a somewhere where I go and have a conversation with somebody, yeah. ask politely, Hey, do you care if I, you know, I'll stay out of your way. Can I take these pictures? Yeah. Um, I did this the other day with a, a guy that I shot that super jacked guy, Tyler. Yeah. I just saw him in the gym 
And what was remarkable, I was like, yeah, he's lean, he's this. I just couldn't fathom how quickly he was moving. Yeah. Like I was, just, I got to grab my camera and I like, I hate to interrupt you, but hey, is it okay if I take some pictures? Yeah. And I'm glad I asked because he, he, you know, he looked really stiff at first, but as soon as I like backed off, gave him some stuff, found like an angle to the side and then took some pictures, I think like, okay, he loosened up a little bit. That's yeah. such a hard thing to manage to yeah. like, I want to capture this thing. You don't <clears throat> trust me. I got to allow, I got to make this less uncomfortable. Yeah. It's valuable to that person too. Oh, now no, once they see the once they see the the end product, they're like, yeah. "Holy fuck!" Like yeah. I, I didn't know it was. And, and this is the kind of funny thing. Uh, somebody else mentioned this the other day. Usually, the comments are like, "Oh, that's really cool lighting." Yeah, like, yeah fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good lighting. Right. Like, yeah, it wasn't what I did with the light. It sure. was it was magic. Right. But other than that, for the most part, <clears throat> I think most people question you know, if because... If I'd just been there with my phone, <laughs> yeah. I could have taken that shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like, what filter is that, bro? Yeah. Like, God damn it. Yeah. We, are, we have ruined the idea. And this is what I look at. Most photography, who gives a shit about the camera settings? Like yeah. every once in a while, I'll ask Mark what he was shooting at because I don't understand how he got certain lens flares. But for the most part, I'm just like, it's a connection thing. Like, yeah. Like you yeah. saw in clay. And he posted a picture today, actually, only on Vero, hashtag. Um, (laughs) He posted a picture today because somebody asked him what his favorite shot was. Yeah. He's like, I don't really have a favorite. And he made this statement of like, but this one always catches my eye. Yeah. And it was a kid um, who worked in a coffee something, coffee picker in Africa somewhere. Yeah. Burundi, maybe. Yeah, Burundi. Just an amazing, like, oh, that's like a National Geographic level photo. Yeah. and it catches his eye, but I, I made the thing. I, I commented on it because I was like, "That's who cares about the picture? The picture's yeah. great. Everybody knows you're a good photographer. Shut up already, Clay. But what <laughs> makes it interesting is that he doesn't have, he doesn't look at it like, oh, I'm doing this. Yeah. It's almost like I had the opportunity to capture this <clears throat> moment, and that's yeah. why it catches my eye. And the difference came up, um, the difference came up talking to uh, a friend, uh, Josh, who's a statistician, he lives in Santa Monica. <clears throat> and I was explaining this idea that uh, about discovery, um, that uh, the, the egotistical thing for a scientist or anybody in the tech world is like, oh, I invented this thing. I, I created it. It's mine. I'm the God. I'm the, I'm the person. I have sure. my immortality is rubbed all over it. <clears throat> and then there's this thing that happens with mathematicians where they don't, they don't, they don't invent things. Right. They they discover them. Exactly. They were already there. They just uncovered the numbers that worked a certain way. Yeah. And this difference became the statement that I found in another philosophy that was uh, invention is the egotistical way of saying discovery. Yeah. And I think photography matches that perfectly. Like I was just at the right time at the right place and I had the right conversation with somebody and I snapped my camera in the right way. Yep. And it allowed me to capture a moment. I am not in control of this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can control the speed of the film or the whatever, but for the most part, it's like it's just opportunist. Yeah. Like I'm in the right spot. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I've, I've, I've felt that way very strongly for the last couple of years that, uh, if you're just really mindful of your surroundings and what you're doing and <clears throat> of everything around you, we talked about mindfulness earlier and the importance of that <laughs> you can make a, a really beautiful image out of a very mundane setting. And, uh, if you're, if you've got the camera or if you've got a way to capture it and you've got an eye for it, you know. Everywhere you go, there's a little piece of something. This seems like it's a trick, though, because it sounds like you're doing this for more than four hours a week, which is 
outside my scope too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely take more than four hours a week worth of photographs. For sure. <laughs> and thinking about not just the act of taking, that's yeah. what I think it, it, the, the funny thing is, it's like, yeah, you should take photos. That's the easy part. Um, but when you disseminate what you took and what was different and what you would change that that's like tenfold. Yeah. Right. Like that. I don't know what it is for you, but you, mindful practice. Is that what <laughs> we're talking about? Mindful <clears throat> practice. Talk we're about turn or? this into a Zen Buddhist <laughs> podcast. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, clearly he's surpassed the 10,000 hours. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on the Gladwellian <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. So which do you want? Which do you want to do? You want to do four hour? Do you want to do 10,000 hours? Do you want to? Like why can't, I'm, why I'm, can't I'm, I just get a number that identifies me as the man right. and then things fall from heaven? Sure. 7.7 uh, 7 hours. And then I get my T-Rex skull right. and my Bentley. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> on, on your Bentley. On your Bentley. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, perhaps to show how, how fucking long this journey is, right? because this is like extremely influential to me. But then I had this experience in December um, of doing an ayahuasca ceremony. Yep. And for some reason, I thought of a few people that I was like, okay, I got to tell this person about this thing. And it wasn't to try to like, hey, man, you got to do this because the initial feeling I had. Man, you get so high. You get so fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking cool. It was the initial feeling was like, okay, people that I care about have to feel this Mm -hmm. at some point in their life. That that was the idea that ran through my head. And I thought about a couple friends, um, mostly people who are thinkers, Mm -hmm. like, I wanted people who think it not only just a high level, but at an organic, like honest level to experience this and tell me whether this is bullshit or what this does for them. Because either way, I think it's valuable, whether it's a bad experience or a positive experience. So you're one of um, three people, and I believe you're the first one that I called and was like, hey man. (laughs) Just give us a shot, yeah. You gotta do this thing. And I I didn't wanna like over-describe it because that was one of the other failings I had on the experience was like, I I can't articulate well enough what this is. So now you're here. Yeah, well, it's funny. I I told my wife as soon as I decided to do this, like Mark and and Blevins are the most cynical (laughs) bastards I know. And and when when they get behind something, uh, I, I listen to him, you know, and, uh, you know, well, I've got this bone broth. Yeah. <laughs> Subscription service. Yeah. No, 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 it's, it's bony broth. I've, I've actually, I've, I've changed the name of the brand since our previous conversation. Bony broth. <laughs> because I couldn't get bonebroth.com. Yeah. So I got bony broth. Uh, and, and so that just means like, especially with the fish. Yeah. It comes with bone, so uh, right. mackerel it, mint flavor is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I apologize. Uh, please, no. <laughs> I you lost me at cynical because yeah. I think that's in my bio. Yeah, no. I mean you're such a cynical prick all the time, and it, you know if you if there's something that you like, you know ayahuasca, and then those things are kind of woo woo, crunchy granola oh, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. and and especially in kind of the modern age and if you've done it and you think it's valuable and I've heard a lot of people say the same thing, like, yeah, fuck, I'm going to give it a shot. And I do think it goes a couple different ways. Yeah. Um, we actually had a, an episode that we probably, we, we talked about this in depth, so I'm going to act like that's getting released even though it, it wasn't. But the, there's, there's kind of two, if you've already accepted that you're going to do this, you're in a population that is Very different small. than other people. Yeah. yeah, you're in the smaller subcategory of people that, 
are not absolutely petrified from the idea of psychedelic use. And I I think that has to do with like a great marketing campaign from the U.S. government to be like, you know, um, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Uh, hallucinogens will cause be psych- afraid to experience yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Um, sorry, you might come up with some ideas that we don't approve of. Right. Yeah, and they talk about it under the health spectrum, but when you actually do a little bit of digging, there's not much bad that can happen to you. There, yeah. there is some complications that happen, especially when mixed with modern pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. But f- for the most part, this is a thousands of year old practice. Yeah. And that to me, first of all, is interesting. Um, Especially because there's this like space experience um, that most people have um, that, you know, hopefully if you have a good experience, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about when it, when it happens. But um, people understanding what space was thousands of years before we could see into space, which is just completely fucking, I'm, don't give me, I'm a very pragmatic, like practical, like, well, show me the evidence, cynical. Yeah. Show me the evidence is mostly what I say. Like, show me what, what's going on. And there's just some things I'm like, oh, that's cool because no one fucking knows. Like we are so out of answers. And this happens to be one of those things where I go, um, the chemicals and, and, and how they act in the, the brain are unanswerable, but I want to know more about that. Yeah. And some, the only way to know more about it is at this point to experience it. Sure. Um, so that's kind of why I invited you. And I laughed at it today. Cause I'm like, man, if you would have told me <laughs> in 2011, it, like at your CrossFit gym that you'd be coming to Salt Lake and we were going to do <clears throat> some drugs together. Like, that no is, you'd be going like what pre workout? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got some of the original jacked three D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just want to like a. I wanted to highlight this somehow in some kind of conversation of how fucking wacky yeah. this whole road has been, yeah. but ultimately how valuable because you've been kind of in and out and if you witnessed from afar the ins and outs of Jim Jones and yeah. you, you've been there like you have an accurate portrayal of what that place was. I would say even before I had an accurate portrayal of what that place was. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping to return the favor on some kind of play. And if this doesn't pan out, I promise it will with other things. And it's almost, we had a discussion about jujitsu, which yeah. you've also recently taken up. Yeah. Um, which again, like I, I had come back to it and I was like, oh, I need to do the thing. And when I came back from London, there wasn't really anywhere to practice. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, my friend that I was practicing moved to, uh, LA and I was really like stranded and I was like, ah, well, it's too much effort. And the thing, again, the catalyst where you're like, Hey, I started. And I was like, damn, you got to try. Yeah. And got to go back. Fuck. Okay. I got to figure it out. Yeah. So I figured it out. Yeah. And, and so that this whole thing has been really interesting because I think you have more influence on me than (laughs) Than I I know know. that anybody knows that even I recognize, but it's, it's because, and I'll tell you why it's because you've always asked good questions. Mm. Um, you, you've been an asshole in the kind of way that I like to be an asshole, which Mm. is honesty. And that you've also, um, you've always taken chances too, like the chance of like telling me an opinion, the chance of, driving your fucking truck across the country in Texas and living at it. These things, I think like when I see people do them, those are, that's honestly what I see is like, Oh, that guy's a friend. Like uh, when I look at my dog, I'm like, Oh, there's my friend. It's the same thing. You act in a certain way when I go, okay, he understands at a level that I also want to understand it. Like I want to, 
uproot and go try things because it's scary. Yeah. I want to grab my camera as opposed to hide in my house. Yeah. Like the, those are what you just <clears throat> described and not to like fluff your feathers or anything. What you just described in a couple simple stories, it describes like why humans can be good, mm-hmm. why humans can do things above and beyond what most people can. And that's because taking chances, being honest, all this stuff yeah. equals an experience that <clears throat> other people just dream about having. They're like, yeah. oh man, I'd like to take a road trip one day. Oh, that'd be cool if I was into <coughs> photography. Maybe I'll buy a camera. Or like, yeah, fitness is cool. Maybe I'll do this thing. So yeah. that that's what I wanted to attempt to kind of to go still. over. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, I got some gems out of here sure. in the meantime. Um I kind of I John Deere.com is, yeah, is, yeah, is not yeah, available. Already, I know that. But bonybroth.com. Like, <laughs> I I you know, the, the interesting something I'm going to steer this for just a second um or try. The, the idea of I want to take a road trip someday. <laughs> Wait. That's something that someone would actually think. But which I think is totally and drop of the hat. I mean, I just get in the car and you know, like yeah. drive seven hours to some place I've never been, or drive right, thirteen just, hours to go see some friends, or mm-hmm. whatever. Like that, it, partially because you know, climbing or whatever. I did a lot of driving to mm-hmm. go to places that where the where there were places you know things to actually climb on or up <laughs> or around or whatever. But th- that these very simple things in in a way that that seem very scary like you mm-hmm. you you just said oh yeah uproot and move to you know drive to texas and take advantage of this thing and it and it, you know triggered this memory of you know somebody um, a mutual friend who you know wouldn't pull the trigger on despite having all of the resources to become a professional athlete at a pretty high level all it was going to take was pulling the trigger and, and going to europe yeah, and it couldn't happen for for that particular individual. And then I look, I think back, and I go, "Well, fuck for me, it, you know, in a similar situation, yeah, I moved to France with two duffel bags and stayed, you know, <laughs> and stayed the better part of a decade full time, five out. years, and fucking yeah. figure it out because yeah. it was a thing that was important or or whatever. And, and and just the idea of like looking at something, okay, this is daunting, this is making me feel slightly uncomfortable and then wanting to do it partially because of that mm-hmm. is a unusual characteristic. I, I had this um, old, I don't know, um, I would call it a ritual of sorts. Um, I generally hate birthdays because I think they're fucking stupid. Yeah. So I used to go, before <clears throat> me and Aaron started dating, I used to take every birthday and I would just jump in whatever car that I had and I would head a direction. And I would stop and take, because I was a photographer at the time, so I'd stop and take pictures along the way. That's actually how I got that picture of the burned down. I was like one of these yeah. road trips that had no purpose, no destination. Um, I had very little money, and I just had a couple of contacts, and, and I knew, like, hey, I have an Xterra. I fit in it, therefore yeah. I can sleep in some form of shelter. And most wait, of the time... Wait, it, whoa, 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 time out. Hmm. You... You just admitted to having oh, dude, I owning it. Yeah. and driving. Did it have the first aid kit in the back? <laughs> no, I, I got, they took that out. God damn it. I still had the imprint from the back panel, but here's the problem. So this is one of, that was, that was a great car. Just to be honest, and I'll explain why. Um, it's not fast. It's not, it doesn't actually go over a lot. It's not that good off road. It's too, it, it, it's too, it's, yeah, I have center. Yeah, there's, there's very u- little utility <laughs> here's in where, the vehicle. Here's yeah. where it sold me. 
I didn't change the oil for five years, and I never had one fucking problem. Solid. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> sold. What the fuck? I paid five grand for the thing. Yeah. And it, it lasted okay. for five years yeah. without changing was the it oil. yellow? No, it was blue. Oh, okay. I wouldn't buy so the only, yellow one, no. Only imagine Xterras is yellow. No, they're, they're fucking horrid. Like, yeah. they look ugly. They're whatever. I just happened to, like, ah, I'll get that because I trust Nissans. I yeah. worked on them, so I knew how to, like, take them apart. Yeah. I knew a lot about their engines. So. Yeah, you'd know, you knew how to change the oil should you ever decide to do so. <laughs> yeah. should, I, should I ever decide to be like, man, that was a bad... I, I should have just changed the oil once, probably, and then I wouldn't yeah. have had to replace it. No, I actually got rid of it and it's it still i think fucking probably kicking yeah, like somebody's, <laughs> somebody's driving it two hundred thousand miles on that thing so that aside yeah sorry <laughs> i did sorry, have I, just, I, just, I just don't you know because i recall a ducati motorcycle oh yeah i recall yeah, a subaru yeah. with like a carbon fiber hood on it yeah, that, mm. I I recall, yeah. Uh, you know uh, uh, an uh, sti on e85 mm. yeah wow. that was fucked up how'd that work out <laughs> Not well in Utah. Yeah. I bought it not knowing that we don't fucking sell that here. Right. I looked it up. Like, I looked up gas stations with E85, and there was three in the valley. And I'm like, good enough. Yeah. So I went and bought this car in California. And I was like, I was, I was driving through, and I was like, I got a bad feeling. I'm going to stop in Vegas and get some extra five-gallon tubs just because <laughs> in case something's closed because sure. I see that there's a gas station in St. George, and there's one, like, in Cedar City. I should be okay. But So I filled up. It turns out that there, <laughs> there's only one in Provo and one in North Salt Lake, and oh. I made it with like two miles to go because I got these canisters. Anyway, that fucking car is 600 horsepower fucking STI. Yeah, so yeah. then I also had an Xterra. I've had carbon fiber hood. Yeah. 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 Litany, of, <laughs> litany of vehicles that make just, no sense. I'm just, I'm just trying to picture you in, the, <laughs> in an Xterra. In Xterra. So funny enough, that's where I learned. But I also it. saw a yellow one. Like, oh, as, yeah. Okay. As yeah, Chris exactly. did. This yeah. was dark blue, so not mm. that douchey. Yeah. Um, I learned to drift in that thing. In, in, the in the Xterra, yeah. Because you could put it in two-wheel drive. And in the winter, I would just go fucking hauling ass all over the place. Oh, wow. And so at the same time, I was building a drift car. which yeah. So that's why I needed an SUV to tow my drift car around. So I had at the same time... To I, tow it out of places you got stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> which came in handy because I cracked mm. my first 180SX. It was a Japanese conversion. I wrecked that up uh, Immigration Canyon. <laughs> Thanks, Xterra, for getting me out of that one. Like it, it came in handy um, down the road, and it is not a good tow vehicle. I'll give you that. It it, it limped everywhere yeah. that it went. Okay, birthday, road trip. Yeah, so photographs. No destination, no money. The idea, though, is that you'll figure it out. That it, yeah. that the experience in itself is the value. Yeah. I don't need to go. Oh man, I'd like to go see this place, and that, that's how I. Most people talk like that. As in, like, oh, it'd be cool to go to this place I saw a picture of. Yeah. The fuck? I, I, I do go through the entire trajectory to get there without seeing anything because I'm so focused on the thing that I'm going to see yeah, right. that I don't notice everything that is around me at the time yeah. because I'm not paying attention. I'm not being mindful. I'm not. Yeah. Well, and this I, make a, I make a specific point when I go to places not to look up, like, the popular photographs. No. Oh, things. That's, totally. I, I think it's a really big totally. error that people make. And uh, I have a lot of friends who do that, and I always see the same photographs, horseshoe band, the whole thing. And it's yeah. like, you're not doing anything interesting here. No, but the funny thing is, is like, horseshoe band, I, I want to go there and take that photograph. Thing. I'm just saying, take it off the fucking internet. Yeah. Somebody already <laughs> shot it. <laughs> Like <laughs> just paste yourself into yeah. it. Like whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you increase your Photoshop skills. Never leave the house. Um, <laughs> but 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 don't. Yeah, don't go. Photoshoptraveler.com. Yeah. I, I but just, I mean 
that that speaks to the importance of developing your own no, style. No, no, no. no, no. <clears throat> it, send me your dream itinerary. It will and, make it, it look like like you did it. <laughs> Dude, uh, at half the cost of yeah, what, and you can right. still be working the entire time. Yeah, you yeah. make money. Yeah, money on top of money. We'll put you in Amsterdam with hookers. We'll put you, <laughs> we'll put you just like be dangling your feet off horseshoe bend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dipping your feet into that Icelandic whatever the fuck that's Cliff all diving in, in New Mexico. Or, <laughs> no, in Mexico, not New Mexico. Yeah. Cliff diving in New Mexico. Yeah, you land in the dirt. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do that one too. It, I think it, there's some plateaus that you could jump off of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the that's, the, that's the end of the trip. <laughs> Last thing you do. Yeah. After anyway. Europe, we didn't. We just wanted to end it. <laughs> Paste that on Facebook. That's a good yeah. business idea, actually. After Amsterdam, I never wanted I, to go back. <laughs> and the, I've had the same experience you've had going on trips like i was really looking for i had never been to hawaii until last year so we went to maui for a business thing um and for a week and my only thought was this place is fucking bullshit like all the like yeah it's great it's pretty it's got water yeah and, and the we had to stay on this resort because the the company that brought us there um and whenever we try to leave like i'd go talk to a guy like hey man i'm not a douche it was how i would open it mm-hmm. um yeah. i don't want to steal your surf spot yeah can you point me to a trail that is not like normal or that can get me somewhere that would look cool? And most of the time they're like, oh yeah, bro, there's a golf course. I'm like, shut up. All right. So we would like, we would have to, so we eventually just took our car and ran into the forest somewhere to try to get away from this, this, I don't know. uh, Organized human human problem. They're like habitual tourism. And it worked out. I mean, when we went down, I mean, this is kind of before you could, I mean, this is Palm Pilot era maybe when we were down in Mexico and as a Puerto Vallarta and uh, we decided to just I, <laughs> this is a fucking terrible idea so we, we, we didn't have enough money to like get a car mm. so we just took the bus oh nice the Mexican busing system is not not best probably yeah. probably not the best but I heard there was a zoo and I heard in that zoo <laughs> there was a petting zoo and I heard in that petting zoo they had baby lions and that sounded fucking cool yeah so we did it and we like you know from that point we talked to somebody that talked about an old pirate cove that you could only take a boat taxi to and in that pirate cove there was some waterfalls and some weird animals or whatever so we ended up doing this big long i mean fucking terrifying trek and we ended up finding this area and we we bought uh mezcal off of a guy in the fucking middle of a jungle trying to find a waterfall after a five-hour hike with some guy who didn't speak english uh and the mezcal was strong gasoline yeah it was strong and um the girl we were with started hallucinating which was really (laughs) fucked up (laughs) it's like it's kind of like peyote um anyways long story short was it fun no it was fucking terrible like i saw a spider that i swear to god i still see in nightmares and uh but we jumped off a rock we did the whole thing we got (laughs) in the thing and to tell anybody where we went like i have very few pictures of it uh because i you know only had the shitty camera with me yeah um, I didn't prepare and I was kind of not into photography at the time. So there was, there, there was this, this adventure though happened not because we wanted to go see the pretty picture. Yeah. And that, I think that highlights how you'll get most out of this stuff. And it sounds like that's your experience as well. Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I was going to say earlier that this idea that I've taken on recently that 
<clears throat> it's really valuable to be, be a beginner over and over again. And that sounds like a total like uh, life coach kind of dumb thing to say, but <laughs> That's a, Tony um, Robbins or yeah, whatever. yeah, totally. Wait, but like you're not charging us for this, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, starting jujitsu recently has taught me a lot <clears throat> about myself in, in terms of like you know I've been doing CrossFit for a long time. I know all the movements and all the coaching and not all of it, but you know, pretty um, efficient in that world. And to go into a new space and to be a complete newbie has been really valuable. And <clears throat> I think about that is uh, valuable in photography as well. And um, if you put yourself in a position to shoot something that you're really not comfortable doing, mm-hmm. you, you can learn a lot about it. And shooting that riot, you know, I have no, no place shooting conflict journalism or anything like that, but taught me a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> taught me I didn't think a lot about what I was doing before I headed out the door, but it was really valuable. And you know, I could have, my camera could have gotten stolen. I could have gotten beaten up or whatever, but I was like, I embraced the idea of doing something that I didn't really know anything about. Mm. And that was really valuable. So, you know, your trip or going and doing something that you don't really know anything about, like not scouting out photo spots or those kind of things, like just be a beginner. Don't be afraid to not know what the fuck you're doing. You might get the most out of that experience. And I think and, don't get, I mean, just having that, that desire to like, okay, I'm going to go to places or, I mean, I spent, uh, I mean, last winter living in Farmington, New Mexico, and uh, we would go down to Gallup where Selena would work uh, once a week. And like, well, what's around Gallup? Well, you could, there's these, and, and, and like you, you do the web search and, it's, and it shows you all the pretty spots. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, the first thing you do is you cross that shit off. Yeah. <laughs> because that's not that interesting. And right. like, like to me, okay, I think over the winter <clears throat> I took one great picture and it was in the train station in Gallup, New Mexico. It wasn't out in the desert. It wasn't Canyon de Shea. It wasn't the, uh, a couple other places that I went to the Zuni reservation and, and, uh, some other sort of like interesting sort of geologic type features where that people are attracted to there. It was just, to, to me, it was just like, wow, I could, like every morning I drop her off at the hospital to go to work. I'd go to the cafe in the train station for breakfast. And if I'm there at the right time, the train comes through and there are people that are waiting to get on the train. And it's like this, it's a really, really, to me, a beautiful thing. And and it taught me like, okay, you don't have to leave the, where you are to see like a a, a greater sort of manifestation of the human experience that you, you know, you have in your normal Mm -hmm. sort of existence. It's, it's happening all around you if you are, um, wired to see it or yep. pre- or prepared or, or 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 if you want to see it if your eyes are open enough yeah. you'll catch it <laughs> yeah that and, whole idea like the the idea of not <clears throat> going up the the beat path or staying off the thing i guess i've never actually thought about why we see so many weird things when me and Aaron go places because we are completely random um we we don't really do any research ahead of time other than like making sure we can find a hotel or like the language barrier isn't too bad. And even that, that (laughs) we're not really certain on that. Most times, uh, he did a trip, uh, last summer, um, over to Eastern Europe. And, and I just like, like the experience, like, and I won't, I'll let you, you tell us, I don't want to, but just listening to like the weird fucking places that you ended. And you showed me this picture of this luge, uh, that was used in the Bosnia. Yeah, yeah, Sarajevo. Yeah, yeah okay. 84. 84 like, Winter Olympics. This illusion has been graffiti and bombs. Yeah, you're just like, 
oh, that's fucking awesome. Like, you're not going to find that in some tourist journal. No. You're going to find, like, some forest or some restaurant or something. And I, I remember thinking, right, but it was right before we were booking our trip to go to Nice. And uh, I was like, oh, where else can we go? We've been to Nice. And I was like, Monte Carlo's overrated, like, whatever. And then he mentioned... Um, oh, La, La Turbie. La Turbie. And, and then uh, Ez and a couple yeah. uh, spots on the way. And I remember I just had this, like inclination to get to those spots yeah. because I knew based off of how you travel that it would totally be worth it. Yeah. So on one day we figured out how to fucking rent a scooter and we go flying up this mountain like way too fucking fast. I hit, <laughs> I took a nice turn and sparks were flying and nice. Aaron was freaking the fuck out. But we ended up getting up there in Latterby, the history of it, it was like fucking Roman Empire it spent, I don't know, I think it was like a 15-year campaign killing people uphill to try to take over this one spot. Jesus. And so they, they're like, well, now we build a monument to show all the people that we killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this just fucking dilapidated stonework at the top, and you're just like, holy shit. Okay, so this is it's a sight, like this is sightseeing yeah. for sure. But what I remember about it is like that, that wasn't the important part. I remember sparks flying. I remember like yeah. the roads that we took. And then he mentioned, I was just looking for places to go and he mentioned Corsica. So we fucking rented a car, booked a ferry, went over to Corsica with no idea what to do there. The language barrier is fucking thick. thick yeah. yeah. Um, really hard to find Airbnb, really hard to find like all that stuff. There's not really that much information there, but found some of the best food, some of the coolest little cities. And then what the experience was is we, we rented that Fiat Panda and we drove it like, I'm an idiot. And so I look at a map and I'm like, oh, if there's a road, we can make it there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a road and I have a Fiat Panda. It's fucking happening. golden. <laughs> so the ferry schedule, we wanted to make it to Amsterdam too because we wanted to do some drugs. So <laughs> so we, we were in a kind of a rut. We had to get in and out of Corsica in a day. And it's like a seven hour ferry. Right. So it's, it's kind of, it's a we didn't do it the correct way, but it was fun. And we ended up like slamming all this stuff into one that day. That just sounds total like disaster style. Oh, right? like, 100%. Yeah. It, it was, I, it's, we crossfitted the fuck out of Corsica. <laughs> like it, we, <laughs> we Tabata adventured across the island. So we ended up at the tip, like at the very top of the island because it's shorter to get there. And then because of the schedule, it doesn't leave there for four days. Well, we can only stay for one or two. So I decided we're going to leave from the ferry from the bottom. And I can't remember the city. It's where Napoleon Bonaparte was born. Yeah. Um, and I'd probably slaughter the, oh, it starts with an A. A pronunciation. I'm not going to help. Okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> I mean, I will be of no help here. I look at yeah. it and I'm like, I look at the <clears throat> distance and it seems to be like 150 to 200 kilometers maybe. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Doable. Rip yeah. through that. And the, you know, the boat leaves at 7 a.m. So we just leave at 4, I think, something. And I didn't realize, like the roads look fun, sure. And they're windy or whatever. So we, we go tearing down these roads in a Fiat Panda at 4 in the morning, fucking scaring the shit out of like, sheep and like yeah. livestock and these these roads are no joke there's like drop off cliffs there's no guards there's no anything it's like cobblestone oh for sure and thankfully it was dark because i think if it wasn't aaron would have had a panic attack yeah. because i was going so unbelievably flat just so we could make our ferry because we, there was no option but now when i think about it i'm like yeah the island's cool but what's even more fun is like dive bombing those fucking roads in a Fiat Panda is what's cool about yeah. that thing. Yeah. So I'm always grateful for like Mark just putting it in my ear that Corsica might be cool. Yeah. It's like, hey Mark, have you ever been there? No, but I hear it's cool. Yeah. 
that's enough. Got some friends who've been there. Some guys who, you know, some some friends who went rock climbing there. Oh, I got yeah. some other friends who went and skied across it in the winter. You know, back in the day, yeah. like for sort of winter crossing and. And that's all I knew about it. And I never got there when I was living in France. I, you know, I stopped on the south coast of France for some debaucherous reasons or whatever. But um, <laughs> that sounds it, like Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it can. But oh, um, okay. yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, but but just like, well, okay, go. Uh, you go do the Advon, and yeah. uh, maybe I'll get there in a couple of years, and right. that'd be totally cool. Because whatever experience you had there. I would totally trust. And if you said same thing, kind of Chris is like, Hey, I went to this. I don't, I highly don't recommend, you know, riots or something, yeah. but, but if you like, Oh, we ended up in this place, which was near the place where the photo that everyone takes was taken, right. but this is way fucking cooler yeah. Then I would totally trust that to that. Yeah. Like, Oh, I would go there and then go like just left of wherever that was yeah. <laughs> left of center. Right. <laughs> I, it's, it's been, uh, that whole thing, it's kind of funny to find the similarities between like, oh, I wonder why we get along. And it usually yeah. has to do with something actually a little bit more, I don't know, ground in that philosophy. Like I'm not heading to the cattle call. I'm not going to where people are being herded or told that have five-star things and restaurants that are on, you know, I, I kind of am a foodie, so I do head to like what food places being talked about. But yeah. to the point of like, I'm not going to the beach that's famous for all the pictures of the beach. I'm going to find the one that nobody has seen sure. or hopefully not as many people recognize. Because I think that's where there is stuff worth documenting. Yeah. I look at a pretty picture of a place and I'm like, cool, somebody captured the picture. I don't have to yeah. go there. Deal's done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's way better than what I could have taken. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Only because I'm terrible at landscape photography. Right. But. <laughs> anyway. Thanks, um, thanks for. Uh, yeah. I, I think. Um, on on that note in bombshell thank you for coming on yeah uh expressing your story and at least reliving the thing that i thought was valuable yeah so i wish we could reconvene on monday morning but uh, <laughs> oh yeah totally i don't but 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 at some point the like the the wrap up um you know or just some kind of oh yeah yeah revisit that experience would be pretty 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 interesting we'll be in california at some point yeah and i actually end up in salt lake all the time so oh yeah Cool. My job yeah, brings me here a lot. Like I said, there's a bottle in the freezer that <laughs> <laughs> that might be bring and, me back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so that, there's a part two. Be, yeah. So, yeah. Perfect. Nice. Thank you, Chris, for coming, man. Thanks I appreciate for it. Yeah. It's cool. Thank you.